the Sealing God's People with your host, Dennis Beard. We're talking about the last days, and there's many in the work of God, the things that he will do, and some things are hard to be understood. In the judgments of God, it'll reveal Jesus only, as he's the only true God in eternal life. But doing that, we find in the book of Acts that there's no amen, there's no the end, or so be it. It's still in operation. It's still in the Song of Moses, Asherah Kadashah, a feminine song which started uh, coming out of Egypt. In Exodus 15, we see the Song of Moses beginning after they crossed the Red Sea, the Red Sea coming out of Egypt. And Miriam takes the temple and leads the congregation there in the Song of Moses. It's the beginning of their wilderness journey where they tried to see if they loved the Lord God with all all their heart, soul, and might. But then we see the end of the Song of Moses coming to Kadesh Barnea. Kadesh, the sanctuary, a house, Barnea of a disobedient son, Bar being the Chaldean, our son. And the Lord goes through the wilderness and tries us as pilgrims and strangers in the earth to see if we love him with all of our heart, soul, and might. And that is the first commandment, that we are to serve the Lord God only with all of our heart, soul, and might, and to love our neighbor as ourselves. From this hang all the law and the prophets. The book of Acts, as it has a pause there, with no amen at the end of it, about an east wind, Eurycladon. The Eurycladon is that east wind that as they're coming out of the Sea of Cilicia, Pamphylia, Myra, and the city of Lycia, that they found that ship of Alexandria. And they sailed slowly many days, and they came across uh, Natus, the wind not suffering. They sailed under Crete over against Salmone. Hardly passing it, they came to a place that's called in the, in the Fair Havens of Lycia. We came to notice the winds. The winds are blowing, and it is leading and guiding according to God's will, and the east wind, the wind of heaven. And we find that, that uh, much time was spent, and sailing was now dangerous because the fast was now already passed. Paul admonished them, being on that ship. Sirs, I perceive that this voyage will be with uh, much hurt and much damage. And not only, not only of the lading of the ship, but also of our very lives. Nevertheless, the centurion believed the master and the owner of the ship more than those things which are spoken by Paul. And because the haven was not commodious to winter in, notice the time of winter, but your flight be not on the winter, neither on the Sabbath days, and we can see that likeness, the more part advised to depart thence also, if by any means might attain to Phoenicia, and there to winter, which is the haven of Crete, Crete, and had lies toward the southwest and northwest. 
and when the south wind blew softly. Supposing they had obtained their purpose, loosing thence, they sailed close by Crete. But not long after, there arose against it a tempestuous wind called Eurycladon. Eurycladon is the east wind. And we find that the book of Acts will have a pause there. Still in operation, but that east wind, the ship was caught, could not bear up into the wind. We let, they let the ship just drive, let it go. And running upon a certain island called Claudia, we had much work to come by the boat, which when they had taken up, they used helps undergirding the ship and fearing lest they should fall into the hands of quicksand. Straight sail, and so were driven, being exceedingly tossed with a tempest. The next day, they lightened the ship. Third day, they cast out with their hands the tackling. And when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared, and no small tempest lay on us, all hope that we should be saved was then taken away. It seemed like that the trouble that they were in the tribulation was going to cost them their lives. But notice it's the Eurycladon. It's the east wind of all the other winds that drives them to this point. But after long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, you should have hearkened unto me and not have loosed from Crete and to have gained this harm and loss. And now I exhort you to be of good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but of the ship. For there stood by me this night. Notice it's the night. It's in the night that the man-child is birthed, that final work of the ministry in the body of Christ coming unto perfection for the work of the ministry, the gospel of the kingdom being preached to all the world for witness in all nations. And he said, Whose I am, this, this angel of God, saying, Fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar. And lo, God has given you all them that sail with thee. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe, God, that it shall be even as it was told me. Well, you know the ship is going to be destroyed. Many are going to try to jump ship. But Paul said to the centurion, Except these abide in the ship, you cannot be saved. Now we're going to see this, an analogy, as a ship of Zion. That 14th day, 14th speaking of salvation, they were fasting, having taken nothing. Then Paul said, take meat and give thanks to God and all be of good cheer because they were going to be saved. And the book of Acts ends or pauses there with no amen at the end of it. That's quoting Isaiah. Eyes to see it and see not, ears to hear it and hear not. And that's the former reign. Now we're coming into the last great reign of his strength, the latter reign in these last days. And we see that we find that the figs in uh, that sixth seal as untimely figs fall into the mouth of the spoiler. 
untimely. We should have been full grown. They're good figs, and then there are bad figs. And the bad figs do not know are the time in an untimely season. It's given us to know the times and the seasons to prepare for it. There's a time of the east wind, the Eurycladon, that will blow. And we find that in the judgments of God, and we find in that first mention of the east wind, there in Job, one of the oldest books in the Bible, that Job says there was an east wind that hit the house and killed all of his sons and daughters. We found also in Exodus, as we go through and looking at the east wind, that in that revelation, we find the east wind brought forth in the Exodus in that locust plague. And we find the locust there in the fifth trumpet in Revelation 9. That out of the bottomless pit, there came forth locust with a king over them, Apollyon and Abaddon. Apollyon in the Greek, Abaddon in the Hebrew, meaning the destroyer. And it's a work of God in God's judgment. And it's going to be five months, 150 days, as it was in the days of Noah, being uh, the waters prevailing upon the earth for 150 days, or 30 days in a prophetic month, or five months. The same as the plague of the locust in the fifth trumpet, the trumpet judgments of God. But it's caused by the east wind, the wind of heaven, the wind of God that blows. We see it in the book of Acts that what drove and the will of God being accomplished, bringing Paul all the way to Rome before Caesar, that on the boat there was a Eurycladon, an east wind that destroyed the ship, but yet there was no loss to any man's life. We see the same in the east wind of locust. Notice that in the Exodus chapter 10, as uh, the signs that God will work in uh, Egypt through Moses, that he will bring his people out of Egypt with a great deliverance. The same that he will do in the world in the last days that they will no more say, Yea, blessed be the Lord God who brought, brought up his people out of the land of Egypt. That won't even come into mind. But yea, rather, blessed be the Lord God which brought up his people, the people of God, the one called by his name, out of the north, south, east, and west, whithersoever he had driven them. We see that in Daniel 12 also. That after God has accomplished to scatter the power of the holy people, all these things should be finished. We see there in Exodus 10 that the locusts will cover the face of the earth. Now we see the locust plague there in the fifth trumpet in Revelation 9 that it will only hurt the men that have not the seal of God in their foreheads. And that seal has been accomplished in the apocalyptic sealing 
in Revelation 7, sealing the servants of God in their forehead, not on it, but in it. It's the mind of Christ. There we must have that seal of God, otherwise the locust plague will hurt men for five months, or as it was in the days of Noah, 150 days that the waters prevailed upon the earth. In that locust, he said it will cover the whole face of the earth and shall eat the residue of that which is escaped, which remaineth unto you from the hail, and shall eat every tree that groweth for you out of the field and every house and the houses of all the Egyptians. This is brought forth as we see in Exodus 10, verse 13. And Moses stretched forth his rod over the land of Egypt. And the Lord brought an east wind, that's at Eurycladon, upon the land all that day and all that night. And when it was morning, the east wind brought the locust. Now those are the judgments of God and the winds of God which will be in the prophetic end for the work of the ministry, for the perfecting of the saints, not to destroy, but to deliver the people of God, but it will manifest and reveal Jesus Christ as the only true God in eternal life. That's the purpose of it. It will try us, the body of Christ, as by fire, the judgments of God the tribulation and persecution that we endure, which is a manifest token of the righteous judgment of God that we might be accounted worthy of the kingdom of God. Now, as we take a look at this east wind, it will grow more and more. When we see that in Genesis, we find that Joseph in Egypt gives the king's dream, Pharaoh, and there will be seven good years of corn and seven bad years of famine. What causes it? And we'll read. And the seven thin and ill-favored kind, speaking of the famine, shall come up after them are seven years, and the seven empty years blasted with the east wind. We're focusing on the east wind shall be seven years of famine. Blasted with the seven years there of an east wind. Eurycladon again. That we see that destroyed the ship in the book of Acts. Before it was the end of and the pause of the book of Acts. We see that east wind being the wind of God. We see that also and that east wind that he's going to separate the waters. And when he does, it'll be through the east wind. When Moses lift up his rod, and he causes the east wind to blow, and it separates the Red Sea, the Reed Sea. And that hand of God and the judgments of God will be manifest in the last days.
when we also see there in the book of Job that there is an east wind that he, uh, by the wind of God, hits the house and all the sons and daughters of Job are killed with that east wind. We see this that east wind in the whirlwind of God in Ezekiel 38. And it's in the time that we see Elijah taken up by a whirlwind, which is a ministry of restitution or restoration that we see before the former rain that in the spirit of Elijah, John the Baptist came and forerun Jesus' first coming. Therefore, there will be in the spirit of Elijah, John, which is the body of Christ, the beloved disciple, that will forerun Jesus' second coming, the second advent, when he comes a second time without sin unto salvation. And at this time, we see that it is a time of clay turned to the seal. There's a sealing as they that stand in a garment. Now, we have covered this in a previous podcast. And uh, it's a morning. It's in the morning. Uh, weeping endureth for a night. But joy comes in the morning. And it's in the morning that calls the day spring to know his place. And the wicked's shaken out of it. Now, the Eurycladon, the east wind, will be a great shaking. And the wicked will be destroyed. We find in Revelation 12 that there is, uh, in the night, there's a man-child birth. The woman is in travail, birth pain, tribulation. And then that tribulation, that persecution, we see a great wonder in heaven. A woman clothed with the sun, a moon and under her feet, upon her head, a crown of 12 stars. She's come to the fullness, to the birth. And she brings forth a man-child caught up to God into his throne, which is the church in the last days that have the testimony of Jesus, the faith that was once delivered to the saints, and keep the commandments of God because they love God. It's the remnant of her seed. It is the church that's come to the fullness of the measure of the stature of Jesus Christ. This, we find, is the time of snow. The time of hail. Psalm 148. Snow, hail, and fire. God fulfilling his word. Now, at that time, we see in Job 38. That in verse 22. Hast thou entered into the treasures of the snow. In Jesus is hid. That's in Christ, the mystery of God and the Father of Christ, are hid in him, are hid all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And one of those treasures is the snow. Hast thou entered into the treasures of the snow? Or hast thou seen the treasures of the hail? This is sealed up among God's treasures to be revealed in the last days which I have reserved against the time of trouble, against the day of the battle and war, God said. Speaking to Job, 
by what way is the light parted, which scattereth the east wind upon the earth. O earth, 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 hear ye the word of the Lord. This is judgments upon the earth that will be tried, and that wind blowing is the Eurycladon. It's the east wind. Who hath divided a water course, the waters of truth, from the overflowing of waters or a way for the lightning of thunder? Lightning is the revelation of the word of God. Thunder is the understanding of it, the hearing of it, and understanding. To cause it to rain on the earth where no man is, on the wilderness when there is no man, to satisfy the desolate and waste ground, and to cause the bud of the tender herb to spring forth. This is the time that God will take the ordinances of the Maserat, all the work from the aloft to the top, the A to the Z, and place the ordinances of heaven in the earth. We see that. The waters ahead is with a stone as the face of the deep is frozen. That's the time of winter. Cast thou bind the free Sweet influences of Pleiades, the seven sisters, the seven stars in Revelation, or loose the bands of Orion. There we see, canst thou bring forth Maseroth, the twelve signs of the Zoad, the ladder. We can speak of Jacob's ladder. Where Jacob, the heel planter, the sub planter, the heel catcher, will be transformed into Israel. He will rule with God as a prince that hath power with God. You bring forth Maseroth in his season, and it's given, given to us. Know the times and the seasons that God hath put now for to be revealed in the last days. Or canst thou guide Arcturus with his sons? Knowest thou the ordinances of heaven? Canst thou set the dominion thereof in the earth? Only God can. Canst thou lift up thy voice to the clouds, that the abundance of waters may cover thee. This is the time of rain, the former. This is the latter. We've had the former rain in Acts, the second chapter. A moderate rain, a good rain of the Holy Ghost, the power of God revealed. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Now he's causing to come down the last great rain of his strength. Now the east wind, the Eurycladon. Notice it's there, name of seven said, it's a latter growth, it's a latter rain, the latter growth of the kingdom. But it is after the mowings that he will bring forth the latter growth. The grass will be mowed. And he does that in judgments. After the king's mowings, uh, then will spring up the latter growth. He's going to mow down, and that is with the winds, and it's a wilderness wind, not to cleanse nor to purge. It's a wind of God. We'll see that also in the Psalms of David. In Psalm 48, it talks about that the Lord God Almighty is known, and this is the work of God, 
They saw it, and they marveled. They were troubled and hasted away. Fear took hold upon them there as pain as of a woman in travail that breaketh the ships of Tarshish with an east wind. Now, the ships of Tarshish, we see that in the book of the Revelation. All that thy soul lusted after, the ships of Tarshish, the merchant men were made rich by the abundance of Babylon's delicacies. Mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. But the ships of Tarshish were men that profited on it, were made rich by the abundance of her delicacies, and all that thy soul lusted after, the ships of Tarshish provide, international trade. But the east wind broke the ships of Tarshish, literally destroyed them. It's a wind of God, a wind of heaven. We'll see also that in Psalm 78, that we see the work of God again, and he's going through the word of God to the people. And he says in Psalm 78, verse 26, he caused an east wind to blow in the heaven. And by his power, he brought in the south wind. It's through the wind of God that he rained flesh upon them as dust and feathered fowls like sand of the sea. He gave them quail until it was up to their eyes. They lusted after it, and he gave them the desires of their heart. And it was through this east wind, the wind will blow. But most of the prophets do not understand that, or the pastors that are after filthy lucre, after money. We see also in Isaiah, he talks about the east wind again. He says in Isaiah 27, verse 7, Hath he smitten him? Or has he smote those that smote him? In other words, the ones coming against the body of Christ, they're smiting the body of Christ. You did it one to the least of these, you've done it unto me, God said. But there's a balancing of the clouds. God says, as you have done it, and the judgments that you have imposed upon will be also the judgment God uses upon you. Take heed how you hear. With the same judgment, the same way that you meted out will be measured to you again. So they smote the people of God, just as Jesus warned in John 16. Some of them will deliver you out of the churches, and some will kill you thinking that they did God a service. These things will do unto you because you have not known the Father. They have not known the Father, nor me, Jesus said. They don't know that Jesus is the Father of glory. They have believed lies. They've hewed out cisterns that can hold, cisterns that can hold no water, uh, clouds with no rain, and that is they have no water. They have no waters of truth. And this is the time that God uses judgment. 
It's the latter growth after the king's mowings. He's going to mow things down. He uses the east wind to do that. A wind of heaven, a dry wind, a wilderness wind. And it says here, they're going to wonder. The balancing of the cloud. You smoke God's people, he's going to smite you. He that killeth with a sword will die by the sword. He that leads into captivity will go into captivity. That is the faith and patience of the saints in the last days. Well, is it the same? Will there be a greater judgment upon the wicked that, that kills the people of God, the blood of saints and of the prophets found in her? So they will wonder, hath he smitten him as he smote those that smote him? Or is he slain according to the slaughter of them that are slain by him? Is it the same balancing of the clouds as God's judgment? as severe as the ones that judged his body and slain the people of God. In measure, when it shoots forth, thou wilt debate with it. He stayeth his rough wind, the judgment of God, in the day of the east wind, the Eurycladon. That day of the east wind, of course, will be the day of the Lord. Consummation of all things being destroyed and destruction in the earth with the wicked being literally destroyed out of it. The wicked being ashes in under the righteous feet. Jeremiah spoke of it. And he said, it is as if in Jeremiah 4, God, as if you have deceived this people saying peace. And all the prophets of Baal saying peace. When there is no peace, why? That God gave them their heart. They did not know the work of God. They did not know the work in judgment. God gave them their heart. They prophesied peace, but they prophesied it in Baal. And by peace shall destroy many. Not realizing there is an east wind. There is a Eurycladon that will destroy the shipwreck. And we'll think that we're lost. And we'll think that God hath forsaken us. But he said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Even to the end of the world, amen. I'm not going to leave you. There's no pre-tribulation rapture. He's with us until the coming of the Lord. When the Lord himself shall descend from heaven, with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, the trump of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first, and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort you one another with these words. He'll never leave us nor forsake us. Now, he said in Jeremiah 4, there's a trumpet, the voice of the Lord. And we see that trumpet as a door opened in heaven for John to show unto his servants things much, that must shortly come to pass. Then signified it by his angel unto John, the body of Christ. And we know John's the body of Christ when we see it in Revelation 10. John was about to write to what the seven thunders uttered their voices. And he said, write it not. Then he said, take the little book out of the angel's hand. The little book is the revelation of Jesus Christ. It's the unveiling of Jesus in judgments. Why judgment? Because when judgments in the earth, men will learn righteousness, that God is uh, come into the world, manifest in flesh, Jesus Christ, who's always been God and always will be God died, buried, rose again, and went back to his former glory. That's the real Jesus. 
the true Jesus, the true God and eternal life. Well, that's the trumpet voice. And John, there in Revelation 4, verse 1, there was a door open in heaven to him. And there was a voice of a trumpet. That's a ministry voice of Jesus. It is not a cornet, flute, harp, sackbolt, psaltery, or dulcimer. Those are instruments of the modern church world that do not understand the work of the ministry. You'll see that in Daniel 3, verse 5, 10, and 15, mentioned three times with six instruments. But none of the voices are the heralding of the beast, a false son of God, have a trumpet voice. Because the trumpet is the clarion voice of God that pierces the very heart of man and brings conviction. So they do not use a trumpet. It starts with a cornet. Close to a trumpet, we cannot have the piercing clarion sword to pierce the heart of man. They start with a cornet, something close, but it can't hit that clarion high-pitched tone of the trumpet. And then it becomes smoother. After you get used to the cornet, then it goes to a flute, then a harp, then a sackbolt. Adultery. Then a dulcimer. A dulcimer so nasal you can charm a cobra with it. There's no reproof, rebuke, or correction for the perfecting of the body of Christ. But there's a trumpet. The trumpet is that clarion voice of God. And John, with that door open in heaven, a voice of a trumpet talking with him about the last day revelation of Jesus. The last day reign of the Holy Ghost, the latter reign. Former reign's already taken place in Acts, the second chapter. And we've been in it for two days, 2,000 years. Now we're in the third day. We're not seeing through a glass darkly now. We're seeing through a glass with open face the glory of the Lord, full image of Jesus. The Lord Jesus has opened the seal. And that voice of a trumpet talking with John, think, come up hither, not a rapture. But I'm going to give you revelation, and I will show you things which will come to pass hereafter. Things are things of faith. That's the faith that was once delivered to the saints, given to John, the body of Christ, in Revelation 4. Revelation 10, John takes a little book out of the angel's hand and eats all of it. Not part of it, but all of it. All truth, all things. And it was into his mouth. Sweet as honey. Honey's a revelation of the word. Because butter and honey will everyone eat that is left in the land, the remnant of her seed, which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus. And it was bitter, bitter to his belly. It's going to be the bitter herbs and sufferings. But notice it says to John, after he's eaten that, he's taken that little book. No man is going to give it to you. The kingdom of God suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. You must be violent and stirred, violent and stirred for truth, diligently seeking the Lord your God, and not satisfied with anything that is milk toast or that is smooth cornet, flute, harp, sackbolt, sultry, or dulcimer. You want the trumpet, the piercing sound voice of God. 
for reproof, rebuke, and correction to come unto perfection. You know that God wants you there. You will be the ones that will hear the sound of the trumpet, the alarm of war, that God now is blowing the trumpet in Zion in the church as a destruction from the Almighty, though shall it come. We know it's coming. And that day we are preparing for, who prepare to meet that God, O Israel, the church, as well as the nation Israel, national Israel, as well as the spiritual Israel, the church of the living God, not replacement theology. There is a church, the spiritual Israel of God, that's at the circumcision of the heart and the spirit whose praise is not a man but of God. There is a nation, Israel, that will be saved in one day, not in the church, in the body of Christ, but all the nations of the earth will be blessed in the nation, Israel, in a millennial reign. Now, we see in Jeremiah 4, this east wind again. And he says, if you will return, Israel, return unto me, not unto us. There's only one God, and that's Jesus Christ. And if thou will put away your abominations out of my sight, then shalt thou not be moved. He said, the Lord, thou shalt swear, the Lord liveth in truth, in judgment, and in righteousness. Grace reigns through righteousness, which is the revelation of Jesus Christ. And the nations shall bless themselves in him, and in him shall they glory. Now, he says, blow you the trumpet in the land, the ministry voice of Jesus. Gather together and say, assemble yourselves and let us go into the defense cities. Set up standard toward Zion, retire, stay not, for I will bring evil from the north and a great destruction. That's the first vision. That there is a rod of an almond tree. That's well seen, Jeremiah. I'll hasten my word to perform it. The very second vision. What do you see, Jeremiah? I see a seething pot a bowling pot. The face thereof is toward the north. For out of the north, a great evil shall befall all the inhabitants of the land. We know that these winds are going to blow. It's going to consummate in the Eurycladon, the east wind. Well, he says that that stuff, that trumpet, that standard toward Zion, retire, say, I will bring evil from the north and a great destruction. The lion has come up from the thicket, destroyer, the Gentile is on his way. He has gone forth from his place to make thy land desolate, and thy city shall be laid waste without inhabit. Everyone knows that there are so many nations against Israel now, the nation. But they're also against the church. They're against the regular Sabbath people on the Saturday, and then the church on Sunday. It's a hatred against all that is called God or that is worshiped. And we'll see. And it shall come to pass that God said, Gird your loin with sackcloth. Lament and howl. Humble yourselves before God. For the fierce anger of the Lord is not turned back from us. It shall come to pass that that day, saith the Lord, that the heart of the king shall perish, the heart of the princes, the priests shall be astonished, and the prophets shall wonder for this thing that God will do. They will work a work, and it has surprised the hypocrites. Notice in verse 10, Jeremiah 4. Jeremiah says, oh, 
Lord God, surely thou hast greatly deceived this people and Jerusalem, everyone, saying, you shall have peace. Whereas the sword reaches unto the soul. Jesus stated the same thing for us, the body of Christ. You think that I come to send peace. Well, that's what all the churches preach. It's what the world's preaching. And we'll have peace. But God says there's judgment coming. And we find that. The sword. Jesus said, you think I come to send peace on earth, but rather a sword. Just set a man at variance. The father against his son. The mother against their daughter. The mother-in-law against their daughter-in-law. And a man's enemies will be those of his own. His own foes will be those of his own household. It'll be a division. Pearls of brothers. Delivering you up to be afflicted and someone shall kill you. Jesus said it would be. Because they have not known the father. Nor me. If they'd have known Jesus, they'd have known that he is the father. Now. At that time, there's a dry wind. There's that Eurycladon. There's that east wind. That's a time that this sword is taken out of its sheath, the sword of the Lord. It's a time that the wicked be wicked still, the righteous be righteous still. Verse 11, Jeremiah 4, verse 11, very important. And at that time shall it be said to this people and to Jerusalem, a dry wind of the high places in the wilderness toward the daughter of my people, not to fan nor to cleanse. It's not to fan or to cleanse the house of God or the nation Israel. It's a time of judgment. Even a full wind from those places shall come unto me. Now also will I give sentence against them. The judgments of God. Behold, he shall come up as clouds, and his chariots shall be as a whirlwind. His horses are swifter than eagles. Warned us, for we are spoiled. It will seem that all the church of the living God, as well as Israel, will be totally destroyed, annihilated. The blood of the saints and the prophets are found in her. We find it under the fifth seal. Souls of them slain for the word of God, the testimony which they held. We don't like to hear that preached in the churches because they think, oh my, we're going to be raptured out of this. No, we're not. And that's where you preach peace when there is no peace. We're going through it and we will seal, seal our testimony with our own blood. That will separate the righteous from the wicked, the holy from the profane, those that serve God versus those that do not serve God. The hired harling will flee from the sheep because he is a hired harling. He's prophesying for money. O Jerusalem, wash thine heart from wickedness that thou mayst be saved. How long will thy, how long shall thy vain thoughts lodge within thee? For a voice declareth from Dan and publish, publish affliction from Mount Ephraim. What is it? Make you mention to the nations, all the nations, behold, publish against Jerusalem that watchers come from a far country and give out their voice against the cities of Judah. 
as keepers of the field are they against her roundabout, because she hath been rebellious against me. And what is it? Verse 19, my bowels, my bowels, Jeremiah said. I am pained at my very heart. My heart maketh a noise in me. I cannot hold my peace because thou hast heard, O my soul, the sound of the trumpet, the alarm of war. Destruction upon destruction. The whole land is spoiled. Suddenly are my tents spoiled and my curtains in a moment. How long shall I see the standard and hear the sound of the trumpet? What standard? Evil comes in like a flood. God will lift up a standard against him. There's a balancing of the clouds. Those that smite the people of God will be smitten. For my people is foolish. They have not known me. They are sottish children. They have none understanding. They are wise to do evil, but to do good, they have no knowledge. We're talking about and wind, a time of the trumpet, blast, and we're talking about false prophets. And in the last days, there will be many false prophets enter into the world. And therefore, we're to try the spirits to see whether they're of God. First John 4, the spirit of Antichrist, saying that Jesus Christ is not coming to flesh. He's not the Father. He's not Christ, the Holy Ghost. It's a false religion. It's a false, false Jesus. Many will come in my name, Jesus said, and shall deceive many in my name. What is it? It has uh, in Jeremiah 4, verse 31, for I've heard a voice as of a woman in travail and the anguish of her that bringeth forth her first child. The voice of the daughter of Zion that bewaileth herself, that spreadeth her hand, saying, Woe is me now, for my soul is worried because of murderers. This will be a time of travail, a time of sorrow, a time of birth pain. Matthew 24, Mark 13, Luke 21, it'll be the time that the church will bring forth. And the church will come forth in the latter rain. It's after the king's mornings. Amos 7. What about the prophets? What have they done? Jeremiah 5. They have belied the Lord. They told a lie on God. And said, it is not he. God's not going to do this. Neither shall evil come upon us. Laughing about it. We're not going to have any bad things. Trouble from the nations. Peace is going to be upon us. We're the church of the living God. God's not going to beat his wife. You'll hear these things. Not realizing we're pointed to the rod and the staff. Bread corn is bruised. Bread, and that uh, he won't, will not be turning his wheel of a cart upon it, nor his horsemen's. That's the wrath of God. But we will, the rod will be beaten out with a staff and the appointed bar- barley with a rod. That's a rod and a staff of God, the chastening guy, rod of God, so that we will not be condemned with the world to bring us unto perfection to the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ. How do we know we cease from sin? 1 Peter 4, 1 tells us out. For as much then Christ has suffered for us in the flesh, we are to arm ourselves and be therefore likewise minded. For he that has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. Has anyone suffered in the flesh? 
Yes, it's happening now all over the world. But the ones that do know their God, that he is the father, that he is Christ, the father of glory, that Jesus Christ is the father, that he is the father, the invisible spirit, and he is the son of God, that's invisible spirit revealed. So Christ is that revelation that he is God in every office and every function of the spirit. That's a mystery of God and of the father and of Christ. For in him are hid all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And it's not anymore to be spoken of. Jesus said, I'll speak no more in Proverbs. I'm not going to hide anything else from you. I'm going to show you plainly of the Father. I've been glorified back to my former glory with the Father's own self. I'm set down in the Father's throne. I am that man has been made a quickening spirit. 1 Corinthians 15, 45. All power in heaven and earth given to him. Matthew 28, 18. That did not leave the Father powerless. That same Jesus whom you crucified, God has made him both Lord, Jehovah God Almighty, and Christ, the Holy Ghost. Acts 2.36. He is the blessed, only omnipotent God, omniscient, omnipresent, God Almighty. 1 Timothy 6.15 and 16. Jesus Christ, who only hath immortality dwelling in the light, which no man can approach unto, nor see, nor can see. No other man, nobody, not Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Peter, James, John, no one except Jesus Christ, the man who is God, manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preaching to the Gentiles, believed of them in the world and received up into glory, behooved Christ to suffer and death, burial, and resurrected, and that re repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name, Jesus. Acts 2.38, born of the water and the spirit. And we missed that mark. Now, some have been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and received the Holy Ghost, born of the water and the Spirit, but we don't stop there. We have to go into the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ unto a perfect man. And that's where the ones that do not do his will, coming into full perfection, will not be able to enter the kingdom of heaven. Notice he says about the prophets. They say that no evil shall prevent, no Ra, no tribulation, no trouble shall come upon us. Amos said the same thing. Amos 9, verse 9. There's a sifting going on among the nations. God uses the nations of this world and the various winds, north, south winds, to blow upon his garden, that the sweet spices thereof may flow out. Song, Song of Solomon, Canticles 4. Come thou north wind and blow, and come thou south, blow up on my garden, the garden of God. That why? That the sweet spices may flow out. It's only through the tribulation of trouble that we see the fruit of God, and not while we're on the mountaintop, but in the valley. And during that time, then there will finally be a time he'll stay the north wind and the south wind in the day of the east wind. That consuming wind. And then the, the prophets have said, no, no, we're going to be tribulation raptured out of this. There's, even though there's a sifting going on among the nations, not the least grain will fall to the ground. God said, I'm not going to lose any of my people. Amos 9, 10, but I will destroy 
Notice what he says. I will destroy all the sinners of my people by the sword. Not peace, but sword. Jesus said that. I come not to send peace on the earth, but rather a sword. This said a man at variance. And he said, I will destroy all the sinners of my people. They're God's people by the sword, which say no evil, no trouble, no tribulation shall prevent nor overtake us. The prophets say that. The worldly prophets that have not known him and belied the Lord, telling a lie on God that you're going to have peace. And by peace shall destroy many. They'll say it is not he, it is not God. Neither shall evil or tribulation come upon us. Neither shall we see sword nor famine. Famine plus the sword and plague and noise and beast will not be upon us, not be upon the whole house of God. And Ezekiel 21, God brings his sword out of his sheath against all flesh, righteous and the wicked. The righteous are still here. That all flesh may know that I, the Lord God, hath drawn forth my sword out of its sheath as a destruction from the Almighty. The righteous will stand. The wicked will not. And the prophets that say this shall become wind, and the word is not in them. Thus shall it be done unto them. These will be destroyed by God. It comes on and says a wonderful, a wonderful and horrible thing is committed in the land. What is it? Jeremiah 5, verse 31, the prophets prophesy falsely, and the priests bear rule by their means. And my people love to have it so. And what will you do in the end thereof? Oh, that they were wise, that they understood their latter end. Jeremiah goes on, Jeremiah 18. And he says uh, there, because my people have forgotten me. They burnt incense to vanity. What? God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. Three people in a Godhead. When there's only one person of God and we don't give Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the glory of the Father. He is the Father. Reveal. The Father is the creator of all things in whom is no verbalness of turning. Who is that? He's the creator. Who is that? Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the word, which is the Father, which is the Holy Ghost. Three, the bread record in heaven, the Father, Word, and the Holy Ghost, these three are one, 1 John 5, 7. That's heist, not in a union, whom, but heist, H-E-I-S, meaning one and the self, same spirit. A different function, same spirit. Father's the creator of all. The Word is the expression office of the Spirit. Same Spirit. The Holy Ghost. The power office of the same Spirit. Well, that's Jesus Christ. Colossians 1, 16 and 17. All things were made by Jesus Christ. Whether it be thrones, principalities, powers, things visible, invisible, all things were made by Him, for Him and for His good pleasure. He is the Word. In the beginning was the Word, the Word with God, the Word was God. 
thing was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. That's the word. That's Jesus. But that's Jesus Christ, the word. But it's not the son of God until the word is made flesh. The son of God has two components. He is the spirit of God without measure. Two, manifest in a body of flesh and blood. The son of God is the father revealed. The word is the word. The son of God is the word made flesh. The father revealed in flesh. The Holy Ghost revealed in flesh. Therefore, because they've missed that and have burned incense to vanity, and they have caused them to stumble in their ways from the ancient past. Seek you the old past. Wherein is a good way? There's only one God, one person of God, not three, to walk in paths in a way not cast up. What? To make their land desolate and a perpetual hissing. Everyone that passes thereby shall be astonished and wag his head. You just can't believe they're so astonished. What did God say? I will scatter them with an east wind. You're done again. There's that east wind. The wind of God, the wind from heaven, the wind of the wilderness, not to fan, nor to cleanse, nor to purge, not to fan, nor to cleanse. But it is the east wind before the enemy. I will show them the back and not the face in the day of their calamity. That's the day of the east wind that scatters. Scatters, it's going to scatter the holy power, the holy people, the power of the holy people upon all the earth, just as it was in the former reign. Acts 8, all of the church of the living God was scattered abroad. Only their abode at Jerusalem, the apostles only. Where did the church go? They were scattered, the power of the holy people. And they were in all the earth and went preaching and teaching the kingdom of God in all the world. These that have turned the world upside down have come to our city also. That's how God's going to do it in the last days. In the latter rain, won't be through television or radio. Well, that's fine and good. But that's not how he's going to bring this everlasting gospel to all the world for a witness in all nations. Not in word and in tongue, but in demonstration and power of the Holy Ghost. That is the work of God in the latter days. For how he will do it? Well, most of the prophets... Not all, but some of them, and false apostles, false prophets, and the pastors bear ruled by them, says in Jeremiah, the 23rd chapter, that the land, at verse 10, that's Jeremiah 23, verse 10, the land's full of adultery. Because of swearing, the land mourneth, the pleasant places of the wilderness are dried up, and their course is evil. And their force is not right. Why? For both the prophet and the priest, all the ministers, are profane. Yea, in my house have I found their wickedness, saith the Lord. So we are to search you out of the book and read. Not one of these things will fail. Wherefore, their way 
shall be unto them as slippery ways in the darkness. The blind leading the bind, both will fall into the ditch. They shall be driven on and fall therein. I will bring evil upon them, even the year of their visitation, saith the Lord. Why? I have seen folly in the prophets of Samaria. They have prophesied in Baal. Now, there's a spirit of Baal. Oh, it's real. But it prophesies peace. It prophesies prosperity. It prophesies you will have uh, uh, houses and palaces on the, the hilltop and stretch limousine cars, and you'll be blessed in everything and all that you do, and no trouble, no tribulation, no persecution. They've caused my people to err, to miss the mark. I've seen also on the prophets of Jerusalem a horrible thing. They commit adultery. They walk in lies. It's a spiritual adultery. They walk in lies, not walking in the light that he's in the light. And they're having blood flow, fellowship among the saints, and the blood of Jesus cleansing them from all sin. No. They're walking in lies. They strengthen also the hands of evildoers. The ones that are evil, they don't reprove, rebuke, and correct. They strengthen them. Said, well, you're okay. That none does return from his wickedness. They don't turn from the Trinity to one God. They don't give Jesus the honor of the Father. They are all of them unto me, God said, as Sodom and as the inhabitants thereof as Gomorrah. Therefore, thus saith the Lord, God of hosts concerning the prophets, behold, I will feed them with wormwood and make them drink the water of gall. When the wormwood, wormwood comes and falls upon the sea, multi kindreds, nations, and tongues, it will turn the sea to bitterness, and all that had life in them that drink of this die. For from the prophets of Jerusalem is profaneness gone forth into all the land. What are they prophesying? Thus saith the Lord of hosts, hearken not to the words of these prophets that prophesy unto you. They make you vain, light, treacherous. They make you vain because you believe them. They speak a vision of their own heart, what they think should God be doing, not the truth. Their own perception, and not out of the mouth of the Lord. They say still unto them that despise me. They don't want the true word of God. Sufferings, tribulation, persecution arises for the word's sake. For profitable, for reproof, rebuke, correction? Who are you to correct me? That's most of the attitude. Well, because a trumpet is going to pierce the very heart. The Lord has said, they said, all these prophets said, the Lord has said, you'll have peace. That's wormwood. That's Baal. That's a spirit against God, against the truth. These that despise me say, the Lord has said you will have peace. And they say unto everyone that walketh after the imagination of his own heart, no evil shall come upon you. You're going to be pre-tribulation raptured out of this any minute now, any day, any second, the imminent return of the Lord. And then all these others are going to go through great tribulation and persecution, but not you. 
God said, For who hath stood in the counsel of the Lord, and who hath perceived and heard his word? Who hath marked his word and heard it? Behold, a whirlwind of the Lord is gone forth in fury, even a grievous whirlwind. It shall fall grievously upon the head of the wicked. Who will believe this? Oh, no, Brother Beard, we're, we're going to be uh, pre-tribulation raptured out of this. And the work there is all good, and then the, all the others will go into this great tribulation. Certainly not us. The anger of the Lord shall not return till he has executed, until he has performed the thoughts of his heart. Not these false prophets, and not the pastors or the priests. In the latter days, you, cons- you will consider it perfectly. You will understand it perfectly in the last days. What have they done? I have heard what the prophets said that prophesy lies in my name, saying, I have dreamed. I have dreamed. Well, they'll prophesy dreams unto you. Part one, part two, <laughs> part three. How long shall this be in the heart of the prophets that prophesy lies? Yea, they are prophets of the, de- of the deceit of their own heart. They're prophesying their own heart, which is deceitful. Deceitfully wicked above all things. Which cause to think my, cause my people, they think to cause my people to forget my name, God said. Jesus, Jehovah's salvation. By their dreams, which they tell every man to his neighbor. As their fathers have forgotten me, forgotten my name for Baal. Peace. Well, the prophet that hath a dream, let him tell it. He that hath my word, let him speak my word faithfully. What is the chaff to the wheat? Saith the Lord, is not my word like a fire? Saith the Lord, and like a hammer that break the rocks in pieces? Therefore, behold, I am against the prophets. God's against them. Do you speak a lie on his word and not the true revelation, the true Jesus? He's against you, saith the Lord, that steal my words, every one from his neighbor, not from God. They become an echo of a voice of the deceitfulness of their own heart. False dreams. God said, I'm behold, I'm against those that prophesy false dreams. That says, thus saith the Lord. And they tell them. And they cause my people to err by their lies. By their lightness. There's the light they float. Yet I sent them not, and neither did I command them. Therefore, they shall not profit this people at all, saith the Lord. And he goes on and says, Many will say, The burden of the Lord, the burden of the Lord. And the Lord says, You shall not say the burden of the Lord. The burden's not on the Lord. The burden's on us. But because you say the burden of the Lord, behold, I even I will utterly forget you. And I will forsake you and the city that I gave you and your fathers and cast you out of my presence. If you add anything to the words of the book of this prophecy, the revelation of Jesus, the plagues of this book will be added to you. If you take anything away 
from the words of the book of this prophecy, the revelation of Jesus, that he's Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, which is, was, and it's come, the Almighty God, the Father of glory. Then I will take your name out of the holy city and blot out your name out of the book of life. Very serious. We're dealing with the heartstrings of God. We must take this as truth and take it seriously. We find that it is. God said, I will send the sword, the famine, and the pestilence among them till they be consumed from off the land that I gave unto them and to their fathers. Why? Because when you see all these famine, pestilence, sword, noise, and beast, earthquakes in diverse places, nation against nation, kingdom against kingdom, all these are the beginning of sorrows, birth pains, Birth pain, yes, to bring forth Christ in you, the hope of glory. All of us come to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ unto a perfect man. Perfection. We find also that the Lord says there also in uh, Jeremiah about the prophets that we are to take this to heart. You'll see that it's always the east wind that what's going to be the seal of God in the forehead is holiness unto the Lord, the Lord our righteousness. That is the revelation of Jesus. Grace reigns through righteousness, which is the revelation of Jesus. Grace comes to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. First Peter 1. Grace reigns through righteousness. Romans 5. And how do we get that? Through obedience unto righteousness, Romans 6. In those days shall Judah be saved, and Jerusalem shall dwell safely. This is the name wherewith she shall be called the Lord our righteousness, Jehovah Tendishkinu. He is the one that will perfect the body of Christ. And it's through the trials and tribulations that we endure, which is a manifest token of the righteous judgment of God, that we might be accounted worthy of the kingdom of God, for which we also suffer. Ezekiel talks about the false prophets. Notice what Ezekiel said, same thing as Jeremiah. The word of the Lord came to Ezekiel, saying, Son of man, prophesy against the prophets of Israel, that prophesy and say unto them, that prophesy out of their own hearts. They're feeling it from Baal. It's a true spirit. It's truly a spirit, but it's not the spirit of truth, which is Jesus. Hear ye the words of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God, this is what they say, Woe unto the foolish prophets, the ones that prophesy and follow their own spirit. They're having their spirit moved on by Baal, a false spirit. The Lord God says, Woe unto those foolish prophets that follow their own spirit and have seen nothing. O Israel, thy prophets are like the foxes in the desert, and it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. We listen to this, and we think, oh, well, we're going to be pre-tribulation raptured out of this, and before any of the tribulation or trouble comes to us, which is the beginning of sorrows, birth pains, to bring forth Jesus in us, and then we totally omit the work of God and pervert it overthrow it. Israel, your prophets are like the foxes in the desert. 
For you have not gone up into the gaps, the gaps, neither made up the hedge for the house of Israel to stand in the battle in the day of the Lord. There's a battle coming. And the righteous will stand. The wicked will be cut off. Why do they do this? Ezekiel says in Ezekiel 13, and it is in verse 14, they've built a wall. They daubed their wall of salvation with untempered mortar. Verse 14, God said, I'll break down the wall that you have daubed with untempered mortar. No fire, no tribulation, no persecution. It was all lightheartedness. We call it rooty, tooty, fresh, and fruity. <laughs> and bring it down to the ground, God said. I'm going to destroy it all so that the foundation thereof will be discovered. He will uncover the seed of work. And it shall fall, and you shall be consumed in the midst thereof, and you shall know that I am the Lord. Over and over in the book of Ezekiel, and you shall know that I am the Lord when I do this. And you shall know that I, Jesus Christ, am the Lord, Jehovah God Almighty, the Father. All of this work in judgment is to reveal who Jesus is. To wit, God said, I will accomplish my wrath upon that wall and upon all them that have daubed the wall of salvation, that is, with untempered mortar, mortar that hadn't been through the fire. Anytime you have a revelation of Jesus in faith, that faith will be tried as by fire, that it may come forth as pure gold. And that's the whole problem with Laodicea, the church. Revelation 3, she said, I am fine. I have need of nothing. I'm increased with goods, and I have need of nothing. I'm okay. I don't need anything. But God said, knowest thou not, you poor, wretched, naked, Blind and destitute? I counsel of thee to buy me gold tried in the fire. What? A persecution and tribulation. Tried in the fire. All that I love, I chasten. The chastening rod of God. So therefore, buy of me gold. Buy the truth, sell it not. Tried in the fire. The fiery trials, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you, but rejoice inasmuch as your protectors of Christ's sufferings and the glory of God resteth upon your head. Well, they, they've daubed it with untempered mortar for they hadn't been through the fire. And God says uh, this concerning those that see visions of peace. And there is no peace, just as Jesus said. I didn't come for peace, but sent a sword. Likewise, thou son of man, set your face against the daughters of your people, which prophesy out of their own heart and prophesy you against them and say, thus saith the Lord God, woe to the women that sew pillows to all armholes and make kerchiefs upon the head of every statue to hunt souls. They're, they're proselyting souls, but to Jesus said, you go up and down the coast to find one proselyte, and when you find him, you make him a twofold more child of the devil than you because we will not go to the truth. Will you hunt the souls of my people? Will you save the souls alive that come to you? And will you pollute me among my people for what? 
for handfuls of barley and pieces of bread to slay the souls that should not die and to save the souls alive that should not live by your lying to my people. You make the heart of the righteous sad because they're saying, Lord, we're serving you. We're going through the fiery trials, which is to try us. And yet the wicked, the rod of God is not upon the head of the wicked, only on the righteous. Ezekiel also said, Ezekiel uh, there, uh, that east wind in Ezekiel 19, again, the Eurycladon. And it says uh, that for the people of God, for she was plucked up in fury. She was cast down to the ground, and the east wind, Eurycladon, dried up her fruit. Her strong rods were broken and withered. The fire consumed them. It's a, it's a, it's a wind, a dry wind, a wilderness wind. And now she is planted in the wilderness in a dry and thirsty ground. A fire has gone out of a rod of her branches, which hath devoured her fruit, so that she had no strong rod to be a scepter to rule. This is the lamentation that shall be for a lam lamentation for the princes of Israel. Well, God said there in Ezekiel 21, that rod, that sword, the truth of the word of God, that sword, which is the word of God, a two-edged sword, in Ezekiel 21, will tell you exactly what God's going to do. And the word of the Lord came unto me, Ezekiel 21, son of man, Set thy face toward Jerusalem, drop thy word toward the holy places and prophesy against the land of Israel. And say to the land of Israel, Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I am against thee and will draw forth my sword out of its sheath and will cut off from you the righteous and the wicked. Oh, no, no, no. The righteous, they tell you, is going to be pre-tribulation, raptured out of this. And we will not see any trouble, no tribulation, no persecution. No great tribulation for sure, which is a lie. Seeing then that I will cut off from thee the righteous and the wicked, therefore shall my sword go forth out of his sheath against all flesh from the south to the north, that all flesh may know that I, the Lord, have drawn forth my sword out of his sheath. It shall not return anymore. And he says, a sword, a sword is sharpened and also furbished. It is sharpened to make a sore slaughter. It is furbished that it may glitter. Should we then make mirth? It contemneth the rod of my son as every tree. The rod of my son, Israel, my son, as every tree of the field, all men, seen as trees. He has given it to be furbished, that it may be handled. The sword is sharpened, and it is furbished to give it into the hand of the slayer. Cry and howl, son of man, for it shall be upon my people. That's not just natural Israel. 
It's the church as well that shall go forth through a time, times and a half, three and a half years, 42 months, that truth be cast to the ground. Not destroyed, but cast to the ground. We will be troubled on every side, but not in distress, perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken, cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in our body the dying of the Lord, that the life of the Lord Jesus may be manifest in our mortal bodies. We which live are always delivered unto death, that the life of the Lord Jesus may be manifest in our mortal bodies. And our light affliction, which is only but for a moment, works for us. What does it work? A more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Hosea talks about it also. God said, though he be fruitful, this is talking about Ephraim's not a Ephraim is not a wise son, double fruit. He says, For he should not stay long in the place of the breaking forth of children. God's going to bring to the birth, but we must go through the sorrows of birth things. So what the false prophets are saying, and the priests having rule with them, is well, you're not going to have to bring forth Christ in you. You're going to see it in heaven in a sweet by and by. You won't come to all truth down here, but you'll understand it in heaven sometime or other. And you will never be lifted into all truth unto perfection now in this present church age, which Jesus said that we must grow up in him in all things, all truth. For it's given us to know all things and all truth and no lies of the truth. It's a revelation of Christ, who is a liar, but he denied that Jesus is the Christ. He's Antichrist that has denied both the Father. Why? Because Christ is the Father. Jesus Christ is the Father of glory. And he's denied the Son. Why? Because the Son of God is the Father revealed. 1 John 2.22 Christ is the Spirit of God in all functions, all offices. It is the Son. The Son of God is the Father revealed. Christ is the Father. Christ is the Son. Christ is the Word. Christ is Elohim. Christ is Jehovah. Christ is El Shaddai. Christ is the Son of Man. Christ is the Son of God. Christ is all the offices of the Spirit. So whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. 1 John 5, 1. That's a true God. That's a true Christ. And the sorrows of a travailing woman shall come upon Ephraim. He is an unwise son, for he should not stay long in the place for the breaking forth of children. It's only through sorrows and birth pains that you bring forth a child. And that is revealed to us in Matthew 24, Mark 13, Luke 21, that kingdom against kingdom, nation against nation, famine, pestilences, plagues, earthquakes, and diverse places. That's not the end. That's just the beginning of sorrows. That's just the beginning of the birth pains for the church to bring forth Christ in her in full glory. That's the work of the east wind, the Eurycladon, that it will, man will come to the end of his own power, his end of his own will, the end of his own fleshly desires. And you'll see that in Deuteronomy 32. Is this not sealed up among my treasures? For the Lord will judge his people and repent himself of the evil, the tribulation, the persecution. When he sees their powers gone, not Holy Ghost power, 
their power, their will, their fleshly desires, and there's none shut up or left. The flesh is totally crucified with the affections of the lust. And he said in Hosea 13, verse 15, though he be fruitful among his brethren, and east wind, Yeruchladun, shall come from the wind of the Lord, shall come up from the wilderness, and his spring shall become dry, and his fountain shall be dried up. He shall spoil the treasure of all pleasant vessels, all that are so lusted after, all the things that we considered in the fleshly desires that a man's life does not consist of the things which he possesses. It will bring it to an end. And it will be through the wind of God. We will find that there will be a remnant of the seed of the woman. They keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus. These are the ones. We find it also that Jonah, after he had ran from God, he found himself on the on the ships of Tarsus, and of course the wind there hit, and then of course what happens? Jonah the fifth of the minor prophets, that we find Jonah, which means dove, and as he comes in there, the final chapter, Jonah 4, we see there in verse 8, Jonah And it came to pass when the sun did arise that God prepared a vehement east wind, Eurycladon. And the sun beat upon the head of Jonah that he fainted and wished in himself to die and said, it is better for me to die than to live. We'll thank the Lord has forsaken us. The body of Christ will. When he the Lord comes into the earth. He will invade them with his troops. But we will stand in the faith and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and we'll be delivered out of it. God asks Jonah, Do you, are you well to be angry for the gourd? He says, yeah, I've been angry. I've, I'm right to be angry even unto death. <laughs> And then the Lord said, Thou hast pity on the gourd, for the which thou hast not labored, neither made it grow, which came up in a night and perished in a night. And should I spare not Nineveh, the great city, wherein are more than six score, six score thousand, sixty thousand persons that cannot discern between their right hand and their left, and also much cattle. It's the work of God and the remnant of the house that is not only Israel because in one day nation Israel will be saved through your mercy, the church mercy in one day. But the church of the living God will have clothed with the sun, the moon under feet and upon her head a crown of 12 stars crying to veiling in these birth things, these sorrows, this tribulation and persecution and especially in the great tribulation where our flight will be. Two wings of a great eagle given to us, where we fly into the wilderness. Eurycladon, we go into the wilderness, the wilderness wind. 
where we're nourished from the face of the serpent. For our time, times, and dividing of a time, three and a half years, 42 months, a time, times, and a half. That is the east wind, the Eurycladon. It follows the book of Acts with an east wind. And God will take it up in the last days in the latter rain, the last day rain of his strength with Eurycladon, the east wind. It's a strange work. It's a strange act. For judgment will God lay to the line and righteousness to the plummet, that it will reveal Christ in the height, depth, length, and width, that he alone, Jesus Christ, is that God, and there's not another. There's none beside him at the right hand. He is the only true God. We're made to sit at the right hand of God where he set Jesus for us at his right hand, what he wrought for us and prepared us a place. But Jesus is set down with the Father in that throne, Revelation 3.21. He is that God of glory. He is the Father. He is the everlasting God. The omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent God. The winds of the last day will consummate in the Eurycladon, the east wind, the last great day of the east wind. Then all will know him from the least to the greatest. For the glory, the knowledge of the glory of the Lord shall cover the earth as the waters cover the seas. Well, if this has been a blessing to you, and if it struck a chord that it is the truth, and I know it can be strange to some that's never heard it, well then give us a call. We'd like to be one with you and work together in the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. You can call me there on my phone, which is a country code one plus, area code 903-746-4885. Leave a message, I'll get right back to you. Or you can write to me, Dennis Beard, Post Office Box, 2906 Longview, Texas, zip code 75606. Or you can message us message us over the websites, sealinggodspeople.org, sealinggodspeople.com, dennisbeard.org. We thank you for your prayerful support, your generous offerings, we're buying people podcasts coming to you. Until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Beard saying, Behold, the real Jesus.